Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. G'day and welcome to this episode of Runners Only with Dom Harvey, brought to you by Radix Nutrition. Coming up... Mitch James. Yeah, like a lot of shit's been going on, but I'm just not in that mood today. Like, I want to write something that makes me want to get up and and fucking get after it, not like, a, I feel so shit right now. <laughs> well, that's a tune. Yeah, yeah, well, fuck, you never know. <laughs> album three, album three. This episode is incredibly special to me. Mitch was my very first guest on this podcast when it launched a year ago. Since then, a lot has changed for both of us, so I wanted to get him back for sort of like a catch-up episode. Some of you, my day ones, you may have heard that very first episode, but I'm guessing most of you guys haven't heard it. But either way, this is not a recap episode. We cover completely new stuff, including a track-by-track deconstruction of Mitch James' recent album, Patience. Thanks very much to the legends at Radix Nutrition for sponsoring this episode. They make a whole range of awesome products at their state-of-the-art factory in the Waikato. I'm obsessed with their protein powder, and I have a shake for breakfast every morning, without fail. Friends of mine who love tramping swear by the Radix Nutrition ready-to-eat meals, where you just add water. Radix Nutrition are a fairly new company with ambitions to take on the world, and I am genuinely proud to be on this journey with them. Please check them out online, and if you like what you see... Support the legends that support the podcast. Radixnutrition.co.nz. Radix is spelled R-A-D-I-X. All right, let's get into it. Mitch James on Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Hey, Runners Only. Yeah, yeah, let's get it started. Hey, hey, this is Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Fast paced, slow and steady. Anywhere you coming up. Just want to connect for everyone who loves running. This is Runners Only. Yeah, yeah let's get it started. Hey, hey, this is Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Fast paced, slow and steady. Anywhere you coming up. Just want to connect for everyone who loves running. Hey, Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Runners only with Dom Harvey and for the second time, Mitch James. Thank you for having me back, brother. Brother, thanks for coming back. I thought the time was right because um, uh, you were the very first guest yeah. on the podcast when it launched um, just over a year ago. So I thought we'd do like um, an update, like since so much has happened in both your life and my life since we yeah. met a year ago for the podcast and uh, I thought it's a good time to check in. Not Absolutely. For anyone that... Um, has been one of the day ones and listened to the first episode with Mitch James, or maybe you've gone back and listened to it. I overshared a lot. But th- this, th- the idea of this chat's not for it to be like a, the same interview again. Mm. Um, this is a, like a, a different, updated conversation. We might touch upon some of the same stuff. Um, but yeah, I just want to see what's been going on in your life. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. First of all, um, welcome. What do you think to my po- studio, oh, podcast studio? Neon lights. <laughs> neon lights. <laughs> so, and uh, so your life, um, since we met last time, your second album's been released. Yes. It's called Patience. What, why is, is that a fe- fairly self-explanatory title or why the... I'd like to think so, yeah. It's, um, I had a big, uh, a lot of delays in the whole process to get the album out. It ended up taking four years and many iterations and lots of record label drama and, and all of that fun stuff. So uh, I wanted to name it Patience after one year and then it just 
became ironic <laughs> after four, so I felt like I had to keep it. But. I, f- I feel like um, I feel like I, I can relate with this podcast journey I'm on because mm. I know where I am and I know where I want to be. And unfortunately, there are some things where there's just no way of accelerating that process. You just yeah. you do need that patience, but mm. fuck, it's difficult, right? Yes, yeah, it is. It's um, it's funny. Like I was talking to my mum the other day on the phone about something going on in my personal life, and I actually said to her, I was like, "Man, like I wish that just because I released an album called Patience, I wish that I'd like mastered and didn't have to ever have to address it again." But it's something that definitely pops up in all areas of life, and when you're energetic people like we are, and uh, I guess you know, there's a run his podcast i'm pretty sure a lot of people will uh will vouch for the fact that you know the energy never stops yeah do you think do you think um you think it's like an adhd thing or just like a like a drive thing like you're never quite happy where you are you're, you're always like searching for happiness what do you think it is i think uh, probably all of the above eh? yeah i think there's definitely uh, some ADHD traits that have helped me <laughs> on the way, but I think yeah, it's it's definitely like a, a mixture of uh, of all the all, all of the above. I think drive and perseverance and resilience are something I keep coming back to as well. Eh? So they definitely helped me on on the journey of uh, trying to navigate this this patience, I guess, for the last four years. So it's yeah, it's, it's been a hell of a journey and very frustrating, but um. Finally got some uh, clear runway, so it's it's an exciting uh, new chapter on the horizon. No, it's a good it's a good album too. We're going to go through it um, track by track. Um, th- there is a saying in the music business; they call it the difficult second album. Have you heard that saying? Oh yeah. What, what, what oh, is yeah. What Kanye's is... humping his lion oh, lion to well, yeah. oh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> yesterday, sitting in the sitting in the chair where you are was um, Rachel Hunter. Uh, you know, <laughs> New Zealand yeah. supermodel. He yeah. he put on. A massive humping show for her. <laughs> he bought his biggest toy in. Was humping for like ten minutes. At <laughs> a boy. At a boy. <laughs> so um, yeah. Why do they? Why do they? You've heard that saying. Difficult second album. And what does yeah, it mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, so I guess the whole the whole yarn that of the difficult second album is, especially if you, not many people make it to their second album. I, I think it's something like 95 percent of people don't make it in the record label game. So. If you make it to your second album, firstly, that's an achievement. And sorry, to your second album, that's an achievement in itself. Um, actually, getting your first one out is an achievement mm. too. But there's so much pressure on it because the, there's more budgets, there's more expectation. You've got a you know, especially if you've had a great first album like I did, there's lots of expectations to, um, you know, surpass your numbers that you got on your last one or to, for this one to go gold or platinum and, yeah. and, and stuff like that because you're expected to because the uh, the last one went there. So it's, um yeah, it's there's a lot of expectation there and I definitely felt it, especially, you know, I tried to get different iterations of the album out which didn't get accepted and, and so on and so forth and... Pardon me. That really, uh, that really tested my patience, and and basically, it it got the it put the bar so high for the second album, the magical second album that everyone talks about. That you can almost uh, you almost never reach it. Well, I certainly feel that that I didn't reach it, but if I'm being honest, but I feel like whatever album you put out. Um, it's your best work at that given moment in time, but I feel like you're never going to be totally happy with it. Yeah. Maybe, I, maybe I'm projecting here. No, no, I, I feel the same, and I think definitely with with my uh, my last album that I just did, there's again that that so much expectation that was put on it that you know I'm just happy to have it out, and it definitely was the my best uh, work at that point in time. But yeah, it's just man, it's just fucking frustrating that this business mm. sometimes mm. and. 
I'm just happy to have it out and, and be free of that whole process and that record label and and everything. So. <laughs> you, you mentioned before something about um, you you handed it in and it got rejected. Mm. Like because of the quality of the song. Is that from the label? Is that from your management? Is it people saying there's no radio hits on there? Or what, what, what's the... Yeah, that's basically all the, uh, all the record label. Um, I would have had the, my last album out literally um, probably six months after the first one if I had it my way. So <laughs> they... Um, yeah, the, it's, it's all a... And the deal that I was in, it was all about them having the power and the control as to when they wanted to release it. So, um, so they they definitely exercised that and, and tested my patience. <laughs> so, are you still with Sony? That's your record label? No, uh, no, 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 no. As of uh, as of very recently, no. Wow. So, yeah. who, who are you with? Anyone or are you independent? I, I'm a free agent, right, right now. So, what so. what does what does that mean exactly? Like from um, yeah, it, what do you lose from that? What do you gain from it? Um. I uh, so basically I have I have freedom now to release whenever I want, which is the main thing. Like I'm not going to sit here and and slag people off, but like I um I basically just have the opportunity now to if I have music and I um want to release it, I can release it, and so that's that's been the most important thing for me going forward. Is like now I can um yeah I can just release whenever I want, which uh, has been. It's been frustrating for me because I'm such a prolific songwriter. I write mm. so much songs that I have a, a massive backlog that I've wanted to keep people up to date with over the last few years, and I haven't been able to. So now I just get to give people a snapshot of where I'm at, maybe two, maybe three times a year, and and that's really exciting for me. And if if another label deal pops up that and the shoe fits, I'll definitely look into it. But at, at the moment, it's you know I've had such a, a Difficult run with, with the whole uh, the whole process coming up to this point that uh, it's this, it's got to be the perfect fit. So fuck, but you you just um, putting myself in the position of your record label for a second. You'd be um, you'd be a nightmare artist in that you're <laughs> yeah. you're you're so eager, so enthusiastic, so hungry. Yeah, well, they must be like, calm down. We've got to we've got a we've got a model. There's a way we do this. You need to wait another year album cycle whatever and you'd be like no well yeah I mean I would have thought that those those characteristics were something that they would have enjoyed but it turns out that um, I don't know maybe uh, maybe they don't if that's being a nightmare to work with then fucking guilty as charged brother guilty as charged yeah 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 well you know you know I'm a fan I'm just playing devil's advocate of course what, that seems like, it seems like there's a lot of pros there. What are the cons? Like, is it a, is it a scary thing being out on your own without the backing oh, of a label? Yeah, what, yeah. what are the cons? I mean, money money's hard to okay. come by at, the, at this at this point in time for anyone in this current world. And uh, basically, the labels, you know, they they front all the money, and that's how they they kind of run their business. And it's, uh, it's fuck all though from them, isn't it? Don't you get most of your money from touring? And oh, like uh, none of my money that goes in into my pocket would, would have been from them, but they pay for all the. The production, oh, the production of the, of okay. the music, which is gotcha. fucking expensive, and pardon me, um, that's where they. Uh, I'm, I'm pleased you relax. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had dumplings earlier. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 a very uh, it's an interesting sort of business, but I think there's just a lot more risk and a lot more. It's just scary having to go out on your own, and um, you know I've never been like a social media person and. The truth of the matter is, you if you want to be an independent artist and you want to succeed, you have to market yourself on the social media. Um, 
fucking how old did I just sound? The social media, <laughs> the YouTube. Fucking hell, you think I'm Facebook. fucking seventy years old? Um, so yeah, like I, I mean, I've, I've hired someone to take care of my social media, and it's an exciting new chapter, you know. Like I've got uh, a lot of music that I'm really proud of that I'm about to release, and it just feels like you know I was the uh, I was the project of of the label for a while, and it and it worked and. But I feel like there's uh, a new chapter for me, just sort of like as a man, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really want to be the the yes sir, how high do I jump to to someone when, you know, I want to have that balance in my life. I spend so much time, you know, jumping through hoops of, of, of doing everything yeah. that uh, the, the industry asked me to that it's I'm just kind of tired of that and want to just re- release music and, and make my own music on my own terms and... I could really give a fuck about the the rest of the hoopla. If it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's just, yeah, a new chapter in time for me to just, you know, do my thing, but on my terms, I think. Uh, Good for you. I feel like you and me um, are in the same sort of position in a way. Like, I've I've gone from the comfort of having a a radio salary where there's a marketing team that promotes you Mm. to having to... Like pimp myself out on inst- on the Instagram. The Instagram, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I feel you, eh? And it's it's different, and I think as New Zealanders, it's a it's a very interesting thing because we're always taught to you know humble not, ourselves yeah, and not 100%. sell ourselves, and it's very it's very unnatural. I feel to like be like, hey, everybody, look at my photos for the fourth time from this weekend, and but it's just the nature of the beast, unfortunately. Now, and you you got to got to adapt or you're fucked. So, yeah, we I mean we got to how ourselves out of it I guess Tom. well I feel like you, you've had um, like an interesting relationship with uh, social media and that I feel like you, you've got a healthy relationship with it like uh, you, you'll disappear you'll go to ground completely for three months six months whatever and there'll be no posts no stories no nothing and then when you've got something to promote you'll come back mm. is, that a, is, that a, is that a fair way of like surmising your relationship with social media yeah I think it is I think that's fair to say I, so do, you, I, do you disable the account completely when that happens or I tend to delete it off my yeah. phone uh, but not delete the account um, yeah it, it's it's definitely a love hate thing uh, it's, it's a necessary more a evil yes yeah. uh, that's probably a better way of describing it for me uh, yeah social media is like I don't want to fucking post my breakfast and be like hey guys it's fucking bacon and eggs today <laughs> Look at me um, with the, you know, the blue eyes filter on and shit when I'm sitting at home um, trying to mind my own business. I, I, I have to draw the line there. And I, but, you know. Well, I suppose in a way, um, I know I might be, if I'm completely wrong about this, tell me that I don't know shit. But I feel like uh, there's. Oh, you don't know shit. <laughs> I haven't said it yet. <laughs> but I feel, I feel like um, everyone that is on stage is to a degree a character. Mm. Uh, like. I saw Lord perform the other day, and it's I, I know Ella reasonably well, and she's very different when you see her in the supermarket to how she is on stage. And you're exactly the same, like. Oh yeah, uh, totally, totally. I mean, if you saw me on stage in Dunedin, I, my mum called me earlier, and she she described my energy as like flee from the red hot chili peppers, and I was like, <laughs> shit, mum, I don't know if that's fucking a good thing or if that's sort of like a crackhead sort of energy I'm giving off. But you know, like I'm. If you catch me on my couch on a on a Monday morning after my run, it's a very different human being to the guy who's bouncing around on stage. It's it's definitely like a character, if you will, of sorts. Like I, I do, before I go on stage, I'm channel. I know exactly what energy I'm trying to channel, and 
fuck, it takes it out of you, bro. Like, after I was done the last tour that I was on last year, after four months, like, I barely talked to anyone for, for a whole month when I got home. I just had to sit down and fucking smoke a lot of cones um, and, and just relax, you know, because there was it's so much energy that you're taking from everyone yeah, every night. Yeah. And, um, you've got to deliver for them and you've got to give them your best self and you know, I, if I'm not, if people aren't leaving my show going, fuck, that was some of the most intense, like, energy that someone's ever given for a show, then as far as I'm concerned, I've, I've failed my audience, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty hard to, to balance at the best of times. Absolutely. I well, I mean, you, you watch you on stage and there's something primal and something very sexual about it. <laughs> like, there's a lot it. of sexual energy. Yeah, I, you know, like, I as, like as, think as, so, a little bit, a little and, bit. And I'm, um, I'm, I would uh, define myself as 100% um, heterosexual, um, <laughs> but it's like, I suppose the women in the audience, they, they, they want to be with you and the guys there, they want to be you. I if you're doing so, your job yeah. right. I, if, if you are doing your job right, yeah, absolutely, it's... And again, like, you know, that inner Kiwi in me wants to come out and be like, oh, no, you know, like, I'm just, no, no thanks. <laughs> but it's, I guess it is true, you know, it's, um, and I don't know where it comes from, to be honest. I'm like, bro, I didn't know Steve's growing up. <laughs> I had no game, got with no girls. I was the, the last in line, but it's, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it's something that comes over me. Knowing that, no, sorry, yeah, sorry for interrupting, but no, no, of knowing that background, having no game, no no chicks into you when you're at school, was that maybe even subliminally part of the motivation for getting into music? You thought, oh, okay, this is a, this is a gateway. About it, brother. Hey? Nothing subliminal about it. <laughs> <laughs> Open as can be. Yeah. Well, otherwise, you may have picked up the cello or something. Yeah, yeah. Be a, a concert fucking violinist or something, eh? But yeah. No, no, it was definitely, um, it was definitely part, of, part of it. And I don't know if I'm like consciously trying, I don't think I'm consciously trying to channel that, but I think, you know, when you are like sort of like trying to muster up your character of what you want to be on stage and what you want to, want to, um, you know, the vibe you want to give off, that is what you want to be doing is like, yeah, like you want to be the dude that the ladies want to be with and fuck if the fellas, mate, you can stay and watch or you can fuck off. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I fully get that. Okay, um, I, I want to get into the album Patience and run through it um, track by track because it's um, it feels like a personal diary. Well, when I was listening to it, I, I, there, there were some things I wondered. I, like, it feels like it's a form of therapy for you, like getting these words Definitely. on a page. I wondered how like your family reacted to it when they when they heard it because it's, you know it, it does feel very very intensely personal. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to that. But first of all, one, one other thing that's happened since we last caught up like a year ago, I think when we caught up last time, there was still like MIQ managed isolation quarantine, oh, and fuck. you couldn't travel anywhere. But yeah. since then, you've been you went over to Europe with Callum Scott. Yes, yeah, yeah. So Callum Scott, big song. Um, the, he does the Robin song, Dancing on My Own. That's probably his biggest hit here. Yeah, I mean, he's to be fair to Callum, he's had quite a quite a number of hits yeah. now. But um, yeah, Dancing on My Own was definitely. Uh, I mean, there's it's got billions and billions of streams, mm. and yeah, you are the reason, bloody. Where are you now? He's he's got plenty. I think he's got the number one song in the UK at the moment mm. too. It, but but Callum, just an, an absolute gem, and and that tour came up with, th- I think. I don't know if this is the tr- the full truth, but there's something like the 
the support act before that was on the tour for the first leg, I think there was some compatibility issues, if we want to put it that way. Oh, and spill the tea. What does that mean? But it's, it's, I, so you were like a last minute ringing because you were a last mate. Mi- I was a last minute ringing, but no, I didn't know Callum at this stage. And right. He, he oh, just, so you'd never met? No, he just liked my music and... Um, and so I got the last minute call up and yeah, went from Estonia, started in Estonia, finished off in South Africa. It was the mo- it was the maddest fucking experience I could have ever imagined. It was so full on. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, Callum is, now I consider him a close friend and his team and his band and his crew are just the most amazing people. And I've got a couple more weeks with them coming up before that tour ends um, soon. But yeah, that was that was an amazing little way to finish the year after you know COVID being so shit for all musicians to have a little uh, world tour in there was pretty cool. But yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was that was while you were sort of treading water, I guess, waiting for your new album, Patience, to come out. Yeah, this was yeah. pre-Patience. So the show that we talked about before in Dunedin, I'm guessing for that, you know, you're opening for Six Sixty. You're a New Zealander. It's a New Zealand stadium. People are first to see you. Everyone knows who you are. You're opening for Callum Scott in fucking Berlin. Mm. No one knows who you are. Is mm. it a different sort of show? Yeah. It's, you have to try harder or do... It's a different vibe, yeah. for sure. Um, and it's not for everyone, to be honest, bro. It's, uh, it's fucking hard work. To, so you're, trying, you're trying to win people over that don't know you? Exactly. Yeah. You've you got to win them over. And we had, man, that dog humps. Um, um, it's because you all the sexual energy you're bringing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, what were we saying? Um, I, I, I feel dogs, it's, it's, dogs it's, humping. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a different sort of show. Like I say, if you um, yeah, you walk on stage in Dunedin. Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows who you are. Everyone yeah. knows your songs. Everyone knows the words. You walk, walk on stage in Estonia, mm-hmm. opening for a room full of people that are there to see Callum Scott. Is it a different sort of show that you have to do? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I mean, it's. It's just it's a challenge every night, and there's something like 36 shows, and I think I was confident that I completely won over the crowd in 33 of them. So the three or four shows that um, you didn't feel like you nailed it, what happened? Um, so there was uh, there was one in Johannesburg, which is the last show of the the tour. That was like I don't know why, but I was playing like like fucking midday. It was show number a billion out of a billion. I would, I'd flown to Africa. I spent longer flying to Africa and back than I did in Africa. Um, and it was the last one, and I was just over it, and the crowd was, it was all sitting down on lawn chairs, and they didn't give a <laughs> flying fuck about a New Zealander. Uh, Edinburgh was, um, I mean, lovely place, but it was just a bit of a an old folks' home and was uh, a bit vibeless in, in that show. But I loved the city. It was just a tough crowd. And then what else? There was one other one, I think, which... Uh, the fact that you can remember them is alarming. Yeah, I mean, especially knowing my brain. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and there, yeah, there's one other which was a bit tough. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it was just like a... It was a, just a hard graft to, to win these these fans over with the, with just your guitar, but it's... It's it's quite self-assuring because if when you know that you can do this like night after night after night it kind of reassures you that you are in the right place and you're doing the right thing and and you're on the right path making music rather than you know doubting yourself like yeah. this. And how do you how do you like tours like this I know they can be quite stressful and it's not, not all glitz and glamour so oh, you fuck, do you I do the show was. and then yeah, especially around Europe I suppose like 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. wake up call and then you're traveling to the next place. How do you like how do you mm. wind down after a show like that? You can't get on it really, can you? 
I've, I've found ways in the past, um, but yeah, I mean, now, nowadays I'm a bit better, um, uh, but yeah, like on, on a proper tour like this, you, you just don't have the time, yeah. eh? like, I mean, a typical day for me, like, uh, there was this one day in, in Asia on this tour that just went by, went like this, so uh, I had to wake up at five to go to the airport, catch a flight to a different city, uh, catch the flight go straight straight to the venue from the airport, sound check, uh, stay at the venue, get dinner, play the show, Callum plays the show, couple drinks afterwards, that takes us to about 11, 12. Um, I go back to the hotel, wake up, 3.30am, uh, wake up call, another flight at 5, wake, rinse and repeat. So it's really not, it's not a sustainable thing and it's, I mean, even after that one tour, I, I, I'm not going to lie, like I... I had some serious thoughts about, like, you know, fuck, is, is this really what you want to do? Because this is the reality of the situation. It's, I think people think, you know, when they hear about, you know, Mitch James going on a world tour, he's, you know, having seven sims every night doing fucking eight bags of cocaine. It's, it's, it is very affordable in Europe. It is affordable in Europe. <laughs> but I don't have the time, unfortunately. Yeah, right, right. But it's, it's, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, there's definitely a couple of dates where you'll circle on the calendar and you'll have a good time with your friends. And, oh, you got to pack and choose the dates yes yeah, yeah, yeah but I mean you know I reckon on this last tour um, out of you know 30 40 shows there would have been three four yeah, nights right. where, you, where right. you got really got to push play but um yeah it's just it's certainly not what they they make it out to be but I mean I love it you know there's there's no better feeling for me than like I said you know obviously it's rewarding winning over a crowd when you're opening but Man, it's just different gravy when you're playing in front of your fans and they're there for your music and they've showed up, paid their hard-earned money and want to share that energy with you. you it's, it's impossible for me to not give it 110%. And the way that I was like looking at it, I was you know, on the phone to my mum during this tour and I was like, fuck, it just feels like an energy mortgage. Like, I'm just, get, I'm just getting deeper and deeper and deeper into this debt of energy just to muster it up for one more show I'm going you know I'm compounding fucking debt yeah, on top yeah. of itself and, and so once you're done it's it's been tough for me bro because it's you, you have this uh, non-existent balance in your life oh I know Kanye I wish I could <laughs> hump like that too um, but you have this non-existent balance you know because by the time the, my next tour, which, you know, probably by the time we uh, we release this, it will be announced and stuff, like, I, I would have had 10 of the last 12 months just on the road. Mm. So when you're at home and you're trying to, like, rest up and recover, you spend so much time resting that, you know, you can't maintain friendships or, like, start new relationships or whatever, and then you're back on the road again, and it's... It's it's definitely it's not for everyone, but that feeling I get when I when I play in front of people and you really like feel that energy and you truly connect on it when they're your fans and they're there for your music and you're sharing that moment is, I mean, yeah, it's nothing like it for oh, me. It's got to be humbling, and it's something that, mm. that so few people get to experience. Yeah, it's such a blessing, bro. Like yeah. it really is. I know it sounds cliche, but no, no, no. But fuck, I'm 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 eternally grateful for it. Every single yeah. time I get to experience that feeling, like even on the weekend, you know, it wasn't my show, but getting to play in Dunners, which is a special crowd for me, and they always turn up. Fuck, really, like gave me just an extra tank of gas. Eh? Mm. Were well, you? Yeah, what happened after Dunedin? 
<laughs> no, I'm just thinking. So, so home home game, home crowd, day off the next day. So, so this is a good good little story. So, and it's not it's probably not ending the way that you think it is. Yeah. So, so after Dunedin, um, I was I was talking to my manager, and my manager's he's a smart bloke, and uh, I was like, oh, bro, I'm getting like quite a number of like DMs from uh, like from girls to go over to their flats and, like, kind of, like, do little concert things. And I would have had, like, you know, 20 different flats that are messaging me just saying... And I was like, you know what, bro? Like, I think I might, like, just go and grab my guitar. Like, you guys, like, piss up and whatever, but... I think I might just go and kind of like give a little back to Dunedin, you know? Oh, awesome, almost like an Ed Sheeran style thing. But, you know, Man. very in my flavour though, you know. Oh, yeah. Ed Sheeran's <laughs> doing low decile primary school. <laughs> Mitch James doing- is doing hot female flats. <laughs> But with good intentions. Yeah, so I I rocked around to a few flats with the guitar and played some songs, and it was was just fucking real cool because you know I'm I'm not getting any younger, and like to go back to to Dunners and just like see the spirit still alive, and you know they're all they're all passing me bottles of vodka and fucking making me scull all these drinks, doing shoeies and shit, and. Um, I was just bouncing around a few of these flats, just kind of, you know, I was thinking like, you know, how cool would it have been when, if I was back in Dunners, their age, you know, like flatting, if, you know, some of my like musical idols came through and like started, you know, doing shoeys and shit and It's such a random story. Yeah. Yeah. You you win them over fans for life. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I had shout out to all the gals. I feel like Dunners needs a bit of that energy, so it was just fun to get back after that. But I, I can't be doing that every night in, in Europe and shit, though, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, what is your... Are you single at the moment? What's your relationship status? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm single. Um, not for a lack of trying. <laughs> you're, quite, <laughs> you know I mean? um, you're, you're quite a romantic, eh? Hey? Like I, yeah. I feel like, I feel like you, you deeply want uh, to find that one true love. Yeah. So, like, actually, there's so many parallels with you and Ed Sheeran. Hey, yeah, you know, musically yeah. wise, and also I think yeah, personality wise and personal life wise as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, it's 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 been an interesting sort of journey with me for that, especially over the last few years. There's been, um, yeah, like I, I've I've been really working on myself first and foremost, and and just making sure that I'm I'm all good. But fuck me, do I have some shit luck? <laughs> do you? How do you? How do you mean? What I've really struggled with is just finding genuine people. I think. Um, you know, there's, there's been so many, uh, people that have come into my life and they just end up, you know, showing that they're there for the wrong reasons or they're fake or, or flaky. Um, but you know, I, I'm, I'm not too phased about it to be honest, you know, like life's pretty good and, um, Mm. you know, there's going to be plenty of opportunities for me to, to find the right woman, but fuck, it's pretty annoying sometimes. I'm not going to lie. Cause you know, it's, it's like I was saying before, you know, with the, when you don't have that balance in life, it's it's always nice to have a rock or someone that can can center you and ground you. But you know you don't want to be doing that with the wrong people either. So it's been um, yeah, it's been an interesting journey, um, and I, I I've been striking out a bit. But you know I keep showing up to the batter's box. Um, how many times? How many times have you been in love now? <laughs> Properly, I'd say I've been in love twice. Right. 
yeah, I've I've had uh, two long-term girlfriends that I, I would say I was definitely in love with. But the first one, um, absolute angel, and that was that was my fault. I fucked that up, and that was you know a long time ago. Oh yeah, we we talked about that in the first podcast. You don't speak yeah. anymore. There's no relationship there. No, there? no, no. But I always wish her the best. She's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I. I, I Fell in love again probably a couple of years ago now, like 2020, with a girl that I was with for, yeah, about a year or so, and then, you know, the aftermath went on for a while too, but... Mm, um, what happened there? Uh, it's, I think just, honest in, in all honesty, um, just very different personalities and sort of... Uh, <laughs> And and sort of just life paths, yeah, life paths. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it it didn't end nicely for me. But you know, she's she's an, a very nice girl, generally speaking. So you know, nothing but nothing but good things to say, without getting into you know personal stuff. Yeah, so. yeah, fair enough. What are you looking for exactly? Is is what is your it girl? It's interesting because I, I I went on a date with a girl not too long ago, and. It, went amazing and I was like oh there's a lot that I like about this girl and I, I it didn't work out for for whatever reason but um I think it's what I realized uh, I, I you know we're talking about the stage character and whatever like uh, you might think that I'm a very extroverted person by seeing me up on stage but the truth is is that I'm actually quite the opposite I, when it comes to like everyday life I'm very introverted and chilled and I like to you know, spend a lot of time alone and, and all of that. So I, I think someone that brings out, like, that other side of me, someone who's, like, extroverted and, uh, you know, just kind of, like, sunshine energy is, is what I, mm. like, I'm really attracted to. But I've, I've found that it's quite rare. <laughs> um, and I've, I've, yeah, I've sort of struggled to find people that, um, that have that energy, genuinely speaking. But I think that's the thing I'm most attracted to is just someone who's, just like fills up a room so I don't have to <laughs> <laughs> do you not have much of a social battery or it doesn't take much to, to it's, sort just of, a, it's a funny social yeah. battery it's like a, um, if I don't know someone like I'll be very quiet and reserved but as soon as you get to know me, like you probably know this, I'm the weirdest motherfucker you'll ever meet. <laughs> I'm the best possible way, though. I like your weirdness. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it's it's yeah. I feel like someone. Yeah, well, well, for me personally, I, I can do, like, social things, but, like, it's, like, my once a week, like, as soon as I get home, I'm like, oh, I did it. Like, I socialised, I was a normal person, now I get to smoke weed and chill out for the rest of the week. <laughs> oh, my God, I am just the same. I'll go, yeah. out, I'll go out to a thing, and I'll, I'll put a shirt on, and I'll go out, and then as soon as it's polite to leave, I'll leave. Come home, <laughs> put a t-shirt on and some um, you know, like running shorts, and just relax. Yeah, and just feel at peace, like completely at peace and relaxed. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely what I, I tend to do, and um, you know, if uh, I, I think it's the personality type is an INFP, which is like a it's an introverted. Uh, Whatever the rest is. <laughs> what is that? I M I N F P. I think it's intuitive feeling perceiver. Right. Where did you get that from? Is that from a podcast therapist? There, there's or? like a, um, there's like a thing called sixteen personalities, which is like a, um, basically all of us fall under one of one of the other personalities, and it's uh, I think there's a lot of science behind yeah, it right. apparently, but I don't know. It yeah. might be a bit wishy washy. Who knows? Yeah. No, not at all. All right. So your second album, Patience. So it was out um, November. 2022? Yes. Yeah. Are you happy with how it went? Uh, how it's gone so far? Um, 
if, if I'm honest, I'm, I'm really happy about the music. I was really proud about the music um, and where it came from, why I did it, and, and the finished result. I wasn't so happy with... Um, with the results, I guess. Um, but in terms of like streaming numbers, or yeah. Like? But it's that stuff you can't control. Right. So I, I've I've learned to be able to switch that off tangibly and and sort of understand that my value doesn't lie within those numbers. But you know, I, I did struggle with that a lot, like in the last five six years, about like trying to separate my value from. Um, as a person from my career, but I, I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit upset with how the numbers went. But I know that you know, I know that I believe in the music, so yeah. it's you know, when it's got to count for something, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so let's run through a track. There's ten songs on the album. Yeah. First of all, how many songs did you? You're a prolific writer. How many songs did you write uh, to whittle down to that ten? I mean, over that four year period, there'd definitely be over a hundred songs for sure. Um, Fuck! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I so a hundred. So ten. The, the the ten best ones make the cut. I mean, be, best uh, as a sort of up for up for grabs. I think it was more like what felt right in the moment where when I was in the studio last year. Um, like, there's definitely some songs that I've written in that process that'll be good enough to release but just didn't really fit that narrative or felt like that's what I was trying to do at that time. So yeah. yeah, so 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 the ninety that don't make the cut, um, do they go in like a folder, like to be continued or to be worked on, or they just get scrapped completely? I mean, they basically just get scrapped. I, I can send them to my publisher, who can try send them out to, you know, if like a Sean Mendes is looking for a song or whatever. But that's kind of there's a whole industry of people that do that in LA, <laughs> so the chance of that shit sticking on the wall is not very high. Yeah. But yeah. so I've got a big backlog and catalog that no one will probably ever hear, um, which is probably, you know... Seems like a terrible waste. Yeah, well, I mean, I love some of these songs, but I feel like songs to me are just like a moment, you know, like if I wrote a song like four years ago about like, I don't know how I was feeling about probably crying about a girl or something <laughs> on, on, a tu- on a Tuesday. Shock horror. Um, on a Tuesday, oh, that definitely reeks of a come down. Yeah, oh yeah, yes it does, the, the famous case of the Tuesdays. Um, yeah, yeah, but um, they basically just, uh, yeah, they get stored in a Dropbox folder somewhere forever for no one mm. to hear them. I suppose even if they're not commercially successful or they never see the light of day, it's still cathartic for you to write them at the time. Definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's the best thing about songwriting for me is is, is the therapy aspect of it because, fuck, if I had it, my God, I'm a mess already, Dom. Can mm. you imagine? Jesus yeah, have, I was going to ask you, have, have you been to therapy or do you find songwriting's enough for you to get what you need? No, no, I, I go to therapy. I'm a, I'm a massive believer in it, yep. unashamedly. it's I found an amazing um, therapist, Dr. Isabel, who's, yeah, just helped me through so much shit and... Um, yeah, it just helps me compartmentalise shit. Mm. And when I figure when I can compartmentalise shit, I can definitely just approach my life in a more freer way and with, with a lot less stress. So I haven't been able to afford her for the last couple of months, <laughs> but I have an appointment booked for next week, and my God, is she going to hear it from me? Poor thing. Oh, Dr. Isabel, we might need 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah, we're going to need an extra session that day. Um, Back to backer. We, I mean, we, we, can, we can joke about it, but jokes aside, that is the... Um, that's the fucked up thing about therapy. Like, there's a lot of people that could probably do 
really do with it and get a oh, lot out of it, yeah. but it, the money's the prohibitive aspect, which is mm. terrible. Yeah. It's, it sucks. So how long how long have you been seeing? Is she the only one you've seen, or did you take She's a She's the only one I've her? really stuck with, to be honest. I've right. seen a couple over my time, but I'm sure some people are listening, vouch for me and saying, oh, fuck, you know. Uh, yeah, it took me like four or five different people over a long period of time to like be like oh this is this is the person that i need to be talking to yeah and yeah no like yeah it's it's, she calls herself my coach rather than like a therapist because you know we've ended up getting through so much shit together she basically just coaches me on what to say to girls (laughs) (laughs) oh no I'm joking. I'm not yeah. joking. Now, what, are, what are, I don't know if you even want to share this because it is an intensely personal, but uh, what are, are there any like real good, memorable takeaways you've gotten from here that I, you implement in your day-to-day life? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's, it's a lot of it's been situational stuff yeah. um, just to, uh, to deal with certain stuff. But um, I think mostly for me it's just been the – just having someone to talk to, uh, as cliche as that is, like – because, uh, you know, with my friends, um, I feel like I don't really want to burden them with my personal shit when it's just I need someone to talk to rather than, like, I need a solution for something. So, like, you know, with my last breakup, I, I remember, like, I kept calling to my best friends and I kept I kept falling into the same hole and I kept, over months and months and months, I was saying the same shit over and over to them when they must have just been thinking, Jesus fucking Christ, like, mm. can't you just, can't you see the way out? Whereas, yeah, get over her. Yeah, yeah exactly. Whatever it happens to be. Yeah, when, I mean, they don't need to be hearing about that when yeah. I could just be saying it to my therapist the whole time and I can save my time with my mates to talk about fucking what we usually talk about then rather yeah. than stuff that's, you know, intensely burdensome and personal. So it's it's just, I find it's just the, the best tool that you could have for just trying to get a clear head, eh? Because mm. I can only speak for myself and I'm a fucking singer and I'm crazy and it's always going up upstairs. But it, it, it just definitely helps to have someone who can compartmentalise things for you, understand it, come at come at it from a different angle that's not biased or personal especially when you need advice for certain things that are going on in your life like you know you don't want to be asking your best friend about like some intensely like intense work question because they Mm. obviously have biases and stuff like that um but yeah it's 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 the best thing i think i've honestly as an adult it's the best money i've ever spent even though Mm. it is you know, it's fucking expensive and times are tough. Yeah, it's an inve- investment. But, but talking to your friends, I'm in, I'm in sort of two minds about that because, uh, you know, we all say it's not weak to speak and it is good to talk to your friends. But on the flip side of that, your friends aren't professionally trained, so they don't yeah. necessarily know the right thing to say. Yeah. And and you're, you're right. Like, if you are, if you're on like a negative loop cycle and you're talking, you're bitching about the same stuff over and over again, mm. sometimes it's not necessarily to put that on your friends. Yeah, I don't, it's, I don't a, know. it's just, I don't know. it's, it's, I feel like you know there's a time and a place, yeah. And I, I, I probably just I overdid it, you know. Went to the well one too many times. <laughs> yeah, it's dry down there. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's definitely something that I would I would highly highly recommend. Eh? And it's um, yeah, it needs to be done more. And uh, like like I said, coming from a dude who you know, uh, anyone who knows me, I'm I'm just about as as laddie as you could get in in a lot of ways, but. Fuck me, I, I feel like 
so many New Zealanders could benefit from it because it's so in our culture to just be like, oh, no, like, you know, I can't be talking about that or, or like, you know, we, we just... We just hide so much shit, and I feel that if I can be a, a light for, for people like that and without, you know, trying to be too much of a Debbie Downer, fuck me, it's the, it's the best thing you'll ever do. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I was a lot older than you before I went, went for the first time, and I was nervous as hell, and then when I walked out of the first session, I was like, I don't even know why I, that was so dumb to be nervous yeah. and to put this thing off for years, because it's fantastic. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, and I think the, the best thing is as well about it is my therapist always says like she's not there to like give me the answers she's there to show show myself the answers and like it's always within you and they just kind of lead you to the to the thought processes that you need to get to and then you deal with it yourself yeah did you um like print out the lyrics to the songs in your new album motions and show them to her or anything because i feel like it's a the way that you've written this album it feels like a journal in a way Mm mm-hmm yeah. Do you show her the lyrics or no? Is that, is that like a no, but she uh, she actually showed up to my album release show and surprised me, which was really lovely of her. Um, but she hears she hears all the words, but not in the lyrical way. Right. Just me having a fucking whinge. Whereas <laughs> when you were talking to her, it doesn't necessarily rhyme. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, let's run through this album. So uh, it's called Patience. It's been out about five months now. Track Jesus, one. Jesus, five months. Fuck me. Is it? Yeah, probably four months, five months. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. So the first track is Motions, which is um, a big radio song, mm. got a bit of TV play. Um, one of the lyrics in there on my phone, everybody's just a highlight showing off, but they're broken on the inside. I know, I used to be that guy. Yeah. Yeah, we, we touched upon your relationship uh, with social media before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, basically that is exactly what I was talking about before. It's just that there was a period in my life where, you know, I just released my first album and everything was going well and I I was very immature in in the industry and as a man and I just started reading my own hype and started being a terrible, you know, terrible boyfriend, shit friend and just uh, thought special rules applied to me and it sort of, yeah, it sort of came to this crossroads with that on social media as well, just like, you know, trying to be the man and shit and it's just not who I am at the soul level and I just got a bit lost for a while in, in that sense and yeah, just uh, was trying to be someone that I wasn't and I think this song was just basically about the journey of coming back to my my soul, if you will, and um, and being me rather than trying to be what society tells you a, a, a pop star or a rock star or whatever should mm. be. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs. United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah. 
That's good though. I, I, and I suppose that's something that'll continually happen right through your life, just correcting the course. Mm. Like, you know, the course that you should be on, and uh, I think we all deviate from it at some point. Yeah, and I think you've got to deviate from it to realise what your real purpose is. Yeah, like, I, yeah, like I, I just, fuck, I just felt so lost, but I felt that, like, if if I was going to be a, a quote-unquote pop star, this is what you had to do, because growing up, you know, like... Me and my me and my mates growing up, you know, you listen to Wiz Khalifa and all you gotta do, you know, you gotta fuck bitches, smoke weed and get fucked up and all this shit. And that's what I thought you had to do. Yeah. So I, I, I yeah, I I sort of went down that path and, and fucked up some things that, that were that meant a lot to me and yeah, you can either when you get to that crossroads you can either go, Oh, well I'm gonna turn into 10 times more of a fucking asshole, asshole yeah. or I'm going to turn it around. And I feel like the, the turning around process is fucking long. You know what I mean? Yeah. I only really got to a place where I'm truly like happy with myself as a man, probably like, you know, in the last year or so. And it's, 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 cause there's no blueprint on how to be a successful pop star or like there's no, especially when, you know, you haven't had much mates growing up or you got a hard time and, and whatever, like, like I did, it's, there's no, there's no blueprint, eh? So mm. yeah, that's, that song was, was all about just all the shit that life had hit me in the, in the last four years and just trying to make sense of it. Yeah. And that's the thing. So if you, if you do things that don't sit comfortably with uh, the core of who you are as a person and it has a negative impact on other people. Mm. I think you feel really bad about it, eh? More guilt and shame, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I think it's it, it just like a full circle song, Motions, of sort of realising, you know, I, I was really proud of who I was before, even though I was very young, like before I signed my deal, I was very idealistic and did these things for all the right reason. And then to completely lose it and go to the completely opposite way and then, yeah, to sort of just reverse the mm. cycle and... It's like walking up a an escalator that's going the other way. You know, it's it's fucking tough work, but yeah. if you keep at it, you slowly get there. Yeah, I see kids do it all the time. <laughs> yeah. At Westfield, yeah, I think I still do it as a grown ass adult sometimes. <laughs> to be fair, okay. The second track is called "Stuck in Denial," um, which yeah. is a, a if you're one of those people that just listens to songs but not necessarily the lyrics, uh, uh, you'd think it's a happy song, right? It's a happy up tempo song, mm. um, but it's got lyrics like this: "Some days I wake up blue." could probably maybe use some help. I'm still the same as you, lonely and broken too. Yeah, it's... um, It's, it's a heart-wrencher, mate. Yeah, it's, it's a funny song, that one, because, like you said, it's very upbeat and positive musically. Um, but I, I, it actually got inspired by... Um, I don't know if you've heard of Nietzsche, like the philosopher, but he had this like uh, concept called Amor Fati, which is like translates from Latin to love of fate. Which is basically saying, like, no matter what happens in your life, uh, it's, you know, it's sort of like a follow-on from motions in a way that, like, no matter what happens, because there's been so much shit that's happened from album one to album two in my life that I didn't really share with anyone that was just consistent, blow after blow after blow after blow, and it just felt like I couldn't buy a trick, but, you know, I always, I think... This is going to sound like a weird segue, but this is why I, I like smoking weed so much is because it can allow me in those moments to get this perspective on life of like, actually, everything's fucking all good. I've got a roof over my head. I've got food. My mum and dad are, are still lucky enough to be alive. I've got yeah. two great sisters. I've got some great friends. 
life's fucking good, you know, so I made this song really about no matter what happens in life, like, I'll be quote-unquote stuck in denial because I'm gonna find the happiness and no matter what shit gets thrown at me and it, it's quite it sounds like quite deep for when you listen to the song it sounds like a basic kind of mindless song on the surface but it really is to me like a song that is just about like grit and finding that yeah the amor fati the love of of mm. whatever happens and comes across your plate is and treating it as a good and positive experience so how, how does the songwriting process work with a song like that like why is it why is it not like a, a slow melancholy sort of track well i mean that particular one um it was a funny day because I, I i hadn't this is the first day i'd met for kyle who ended up producing this album and the whole next album that i've been doing and he's like a musical soulmate to me but i hadn't met him this is the first day i met him and um, I opened the door to this flat in LA and this six foot four mouldy dude was like, Kilda bro and I was like, Fuck, like we fuck, this feels like we could be on to something. And so we just had a couple beers and we started talking about, you know, you know, what we were feeling in life and I told him what was going on in my life at the time, there was a lot of shit going on and but I said to him because I, I wrote motions the day before and so I, I said to him, like, I, I don't really, really want to write, write a fucking, yeah, like, a lot of shit's been going on, but I'm just not in that mood today, like, I want to write something that makes me want to get up and, and fucking get after it, not like a, I feel so shit right now. <laughs> well, that's a it, churn. Yeah, well, fucking, you never know, <laughs> album three, album three. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I, I, we just, it was just really good vibes, and so we, we started writing this chorus, and, um, you know, we had the chords playing and stuff, and we just started writing the chorus, and um, it just felt really right, um, writing the chorus first, and then I just kind of said what was going on, you know, and um, yeah, all, all the lyrics are, are very, um, I guess, quite vulnerable in the sense yeah, of very much it's, so. it's just saying like, man, yeah, you can pile on a shit after shit after shit onto my back, but um. I'm going to find a way to, to smile through it because as far as we know, we only get one shot at it, so I'm, I may as well have a fucking good time. Oh, 100%. Where, where does that um, strength and resilience come from? I know we, talked, we sort of touched upon this in the first um, chat that we had like a year ago, mm. and your mum's big saying that she drummed into you was, um, this too shall pass. Yeah. Um, but you fuck, man, you've been through some setbacks, eh? It's like, yeah. like growing up, feels like setback after setback after setback, and you keep bouncing back. I mean... Honestly, I, I, I think, you know, I, I didn't get along with my parents for the longest time, but I think I have to to probably genetically <laughs> give them that credit of, uh, I've, I, I, it's just, it's just in my blood. I, I Like, my mum used to make me cringe, like, her, her job, what she would do is she, she ran this charity, um, which is basically like Make-A-Wish for, for adults with, um, you know, that are dying, and... She's the, she just will not fucking stop calling up company after company, just asking for free shit for these dying people. And I used to just cringe and die inside, hearing her just getting rejected, 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 rejected. She'd keep just picking up the phone, picking up the phone, and because she just had this goal in mind of like, I'm going to make this experience for this person and their family so special that I'm not fucking giving up. That's so cool. And. I personally could never do that on the phone. I would <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> but but I guess it's like just that sense of resilience and um, 
and my mum's like a very loud and extroverted, energetic human. But I think also from my dad's side, my dad's a, a hard-nosed, grey-mouthed dude, and he's he's got a soft inside, but fuck, he's tough as nails and like is a quiet, hard worker. And so I'd like to think that I, I kind of just got the best of both worlds from them in terms of mum's fucking stickability and and never give up attitude and and dad's you know stoicness stoic stoic humility and and i those are the sort of things that i try and and channel mostly from them and i'm i'm grateful that i have them because i wouldn't i wouldn't be here without those characteristics for sure yeah because you look at your you look at your life so um we talked about this on the first podcast so um your parents kind of fucked up your schooling experience you were in a circle with some weed Mm. and you went home and told your mum and then your mum went and told the school so you were sort of an outcast after that Mm -hmm. so you got no mates at school you're mad at your parents Mm. so you feel all alone and then an, an attempt at suicide where you barricaded yourself in your room. Yeah. And then after that, it's not like um, it, it, it's not like the light at the end of the tunnel at that point. It's like there's just things get, get sort of get further and further down. Like you're over, you're overseas, you're sleeping rough. There is sayings like this too shall pass and just put one foot in front of the other and it doesn't mm. say, stay stormy forever. But fuck, it felt like a long storm you were travelling through. Yeah, it did. I mean, and that's just, you know, that sort of felt like the first album journey was was those sort of um, mares. But then, I mean, since then, you know, I've uh, just the behind-the-scenes battles that I've had to face, it also kind of feels like that non-stop challenges and, you know, I don't want to get sued by anyone, but, you know, there, there's, um, there's been... There's what, 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 have, what have you got that they can take? Fuck all. <laughs> the shirt on your back. Yeah, fuck all. Yeah. Um, yeah, only eighteen percent of that apparently. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so yeah, it's it's been just it's been nonstop, and I I don't know why you know they, this this kind of how my path goes is I tend to take the hard option or I make a decision that sort of leads me down a road of lots of treacherous shit. But I don't know. It's just it's. It's, I feel like I should be in a different place right now with how much work I've put in, but the the mentality still still stays the same for me. Is as long as I'm I'm in this game, I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to give this up without a fair crack. Like my, my manager called me the other day and said, you know, again without trying to get sued or or say too much <laughs> stuff about what was going on, he said, you know, like the your project hasn't had. A, a, a proper run like there's there hasn't been the situation where everyone who's worked on your projects has said we've given the Mitch James thing a full flog and yeah. it just hasn't worked so until I, I have that feeling of man I've, I really have given it all I had a clean run everything finally lined up and I gave it a crack and it didn't work until that moment I'm going to be a psycho like my mum <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, I'm pleased you're a psycho. Yeah. I think it's a good way to be. Okay, yeah. track three on the album, Patience, Armageddon. This is a switch uh, up. <laughs> I, yeah. This is a different uh, vibe, this one. There's, there's a line in there. turns into sex real quick. <laughs> there's a line, a line in there which I love. It's very clever. Um, I feel like it's something you, you could buy a T-shirt on Wish or something. <laughs> on Wish. Just, it's just you and I and baby Armageddon you tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's just yeah. like a happy, what is that? Yeah, so I mean, I wrote this song about my my ex, and um, you know, all of her friends, you know, they're they're all fucking stunning girls, and they're you know, they all they all love it, and they 
they all love the fact that the the songs about them but um you know I was writing this song with with Machu from from 660 and we um I was just uh it was a joke first that line I was cuz it was a great line it was it was covid times and lockdown times and we had the idea of like you know it feels like Armageddon and then I was like what about you know <laughs> Armageddon you tonight and he's like oh shit <laughs> And so, yeah, we just kind of ran with it, and um, yeah, it's just a real fun song. I, I really enjoyed it because um, it's just it's it's just a laugh, you know what I yeah, mean? It's a, it's, it's a cheesy pickup line in a song, and it's great. Yeah, but you know, I, I love the lyrics in the in the verse that are about you know, it's it's basically just saying like, "Fuck, there could be a volcano exploding right in front of us, and in the midst of a nine point six Richter scale earthquake." Mm. But like you're all that I see and it's just a fun way of delivering it and a bit tongue in cheek and I'd never fucking ever say that to a girl in real life <laughs> it's cheesy as it's fuck, fucking awful it? it's awful I love it so how, how does it work when you write a song with um, say Machu from 660 who's who's holding the pen who's holding a guitar we, we just go back and forth yeah. but um, Matt is uh, insanely insanely gifted with melody like he can just he can just shit out something like nah, 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 you know with with melody and I I when I'm working with him like you kind of just pick your strengths like I I believe I'm strong with melody but when I'm if I'm going tit for tat with melody with with Machu Walters I'm not winning that battle so if and if I'm writing with Matt you know he'll hum some melodies and or, or play some chords and hum some stuff and I'll be like oh that fucking melody sounds great. Write a write some lyrics to it, and then we sort of just build it up slowly. Um, but yeah, and, and a lot of songwriting sessions, I, I I know my crew now and who I work with, so I know all of their strengths and what sort of role I need to play in the room. And I'm just a bit of a chameleon. Yeah, amazing. Uh, next song on Patience is called Japan. Yes, uh, it has lyrics like every night I end up on Instagram looking at pictures of you. And that picture of you in Japan, it feels like it's a song about, uh, and I could be wrong about this, I don't know, you're the songwriter, um, Unrequited Love. Someone, yeah. someone, someone's in, uh, overseas or you're looking at her, wondering if she's thinking about you. So I'll, I'll give you the story, though. Okay. I'll give you the full story. So my first girlfriend who I've, you know, touched on, if you touched on, Jesus Christ, um, you can edit that out. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, no, that's not. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, <laughs> I, I've t- talked about her a little bit, and so basically, um, we were planning to go on a holiday to Japan, and um, and so Kim Jong Un was sending nukes over over Japan at the time to to test, like for some fucking nuclear shit. I don't know, and I was kind of freaking out about it, um, and so we didn't end up going to Japan. We just stayed local. Um, and then we were going to go to Japan later on that year, and then um, and then she ended things with me, and I um, was at band practice like a month or so later, and uh, went on Instagram, and she was in Japan, and there's this photo of her, and you know someone's taken the photo of her, and she's looking all pretty, and I'm all upset about it, and so uh, I went over to uh, Melbourne that weekend with. Um, with my mate Mike Waters, who I wrote a lot of the first album with, and um, I just told him what was going on, and we we just wrote the song, and it was, f- it was just so hard to write for me at the time because I was so in love, but I knew that I'd fucked it up, so it was this you know helpless feeling and um, just wanting to you know 
just knowing how much you'd, you'd fucked it up with someone you really loved and then seeing them do what you'd planned together and yeah. knowing there's going to be a life for them without you it was it was all pretty intense at the time it was a long time ago now yeah i suppose but, i suppose this party that feels like you should have been taking the photo exactly yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. um yeah it was i love the song it's it's a it's a sad song and it's you know it is yeah unrequited love and everything but it's it was a very important song i think just for me as a man and i think it would be it would have been a shame if i didn't put it on there but um yeah yeah, it's uh, another very real one. I feel like they're all real. Oh, no, they, they, they really are. As I said earlier, it's like reading your diary or your mm. journal or something. So that's your very first girlfriend, the one that has nothing to do with you anymore. Yes. Right. So you're not friends on Instagram. She's blocked I'm you, so you can't. I'm blocked, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you can't see that photo from Japan anymore. No, no, I can't. <laughs> you got a I screen can't. cap, though, I'm uh, guessing. Uh, no, no, no. That's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very well blocked, that is. Have, have you have you talked to your therapist about that? Like, do you need to write her a letter or? Oh uh, yeah, no. Or we, has it all been we done? Just, we, I think we just we just leave. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, yeah. But no, she's a lovely girl. She's mm-hmm. a lovely girl. You're not still beating yourself up about you. You need to forgive yourself, right? Oh, I've forgiven myself okay. a okay. long time ago. Yeah, yeah. but um, took a while. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next track, fade to black. Um, yeah. Lyrics: If the mirror is a stranger, and you're sinking like a ship in the sea, well, maybe soon or maybe later, you'll be exactly where you're supposed to be. Yeah, I, the the song is it's it's pretty. Again, another important one to me is. Uh, I, I talked about Ricky earlier. This is the first song we wrote together, and we just we both started. It's weird how songwriters were. We're just so over emotional and overshare everything. I've just met Ricky, and we're good friends now, but. We just basically sit in a room and I'm like, bro, I just met this dude. I'm like, bro, I don't spend enough time with my mum. And then he's like, bro, like, neither. I haven't seen my mum in like two years. And then so like, oh, I know what song we're writing. And so we basically we just, we we head off on the, on the fact that we, we both really missed our mums and it sort of moulded into this song about how short life is you know, because Ricky felt like he'd seen his mum yesterday, but it had been two years. And then, um, you know, I, I've my mum lives down in, in Bannockburn, so I barely get to see her. And, um, you know, click your fingers and COVID three years is gone. Mm. Your mum's three years older and she's been sick and all of this. It just really hit home to me that life is, is so precious and, and so short that it fades to black just just like that. So... It was yeah. I wanted to just have like a an acknowledgement of of my existential dread, mm. I guess. So your relationship's good with your parents now, because uh, your mum's decision, which came from a good place, really fucked you up at um, a key time in your life, like when you're yeah. at school. Has she apologised for that? Oh yeah, yep. me and my me and my parents have never been better, which is which is amazing. You know, they've been through so much with their own journeys and their health and and just their lives the last you know since since we sort of rekindled our relationship that I've got you know nothing but just love and admiration for them and you just get to a point in life where you just you just realize that all the shit that you were holding is so stupid mm. you know like when, when my mum told me that she was sick it was, it was it was almost like a light immediately just went off of like what the fuck have I been being salty been about yeah, you know yeah. like if 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 my mum were to to be gone like i would i would be completely 
regretful and devastated for the rest of my life. So, yeah, it's um, no, it's never been better. And it, you know, it, it was more honestly challenging with me and my old man. Like me and my, I'm, my mum always had a soft spot for me, no matter how shit <laughs> things were. Like all mothers probably yeah, do. Yeah. But you know, it's it's been really nice to to get to know my old man like a on a man-to-man level the last few years which I never really had I always sort of despised him growing up for for you know immature and and young person reasons but it's it's fucking awesome to you know he was down at the gig on Saturday and I got to sit next to him and give him a hug and you know get him to see me rock a stadium do your thing yeah yeah, why why did you despise him growing up uh I I think I was just a, a very I was a very how do I put it? Uh, I was a private school kid. You know what I mean? I, I I didn't have my head screwed on the right way. I didn't have a right... I think I had too much expectation of the world um, and expected shit to be given to me when in this world you... you oh, nothing comes for free. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. And I think that's what I learned from him most yeah. at the end of the day is, is that I just had to learn it in sort of the reverse way by being a little fucking Auckland wanker <laughs> okay next track we'll talk about your parents more there's a song coming up called Clouds mm. uh, where they, they get a shout out mm. um, but the next track on the album Those Were The Days it felt like we were lost but we were working it out Those Were The Days would be nothing without is this a love song where you're falling in love again no, no th- this one this one was uh, this was about my last girlfriend yep. um, and you know, again, like I alluded to earlier, like with any breakup, you know, there's personal things between you two that you you'll like disagree on, or you felt you were hard done by, or whatever. And you know, I could have written a thousand songs about you know what went wrong, or um, or you know, me trying to Taylor Swifter or shit on her or whatever. <laughs> but I I felt like I didn't want to have like that on my album. You know, I didn't want to have like negativity and like even if it wasn't all positive at the end like I just wanted to have a song where it was you know like not many people in my life will give this person love but like I feel like it's my duty to just it was just like a little tribute to that that part of my life and you know like I there's you know lyrics about laying down by the couch and like you know we always used to do that yeah by the fire yeah Yeah. with, with her dog and shit like that and you know it's like stuff like that is you know even though you know I've 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 well moved past that, it's it's still like a special thing to me, and I, mean, I didn't want to just like shit on her and just because I I could, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I I just thought it'd be nice to be nice. <laughs> and has has she heard it? Does she know it's about I'm, it? I'm sure yeah, she has. Have, yeah, I'm sure she has. Um, and I don't I haven't talked to her in a year, yeah. but it's 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 all love. I'm sure she knows it's about her. Well, now she does. How do you have a song that's written about you? Where you're the you're the muse or the subject or whatever you call it, and like do you, you not tell you don't tell let these people know you don't give them a message saying hey there's a song that's, no <laughs> it, it, de- it depends it depends like <laughs> there's been there's been times where I've been like you know working on a girl if you will and I've written a song <laughs> and I'm trying to get myself in the good books but I, I think like definitely like the the thereafters I. Yeah, I leave it. It's, yeah, yeah. It's more. For, it's more for me. I guess. Has anyone ever that you've written a song about ever reached out to you afterwards and said, "Hey, I heard that song. I appreciate it, or I forgive you." Or no, no, no. 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 I mean, as much as I would have loved those moments to happen, they they definitely haven't. But I've, funnily enough, I've had 
so I've heard so many fucking stories about girls claiming Sunday morning is about them, <laughs> and it is. There's not. been a lot of Saturday night girls for Mitch James. Yeah, they're all that. I'm I'm serious. Like, there's been about like five or six like. Ran, random people that I've never met that have claimed that the song is about them and the truth be told it's not even really about anyone it's just we, we I was in a songwriting session and we just kind of went on this vibe which is like one of the only real songs of mine that's not actually about a real story but there's plenty of girls that are claiming it Unbelievable. Um, Okay, the next song is called Cloud. It's it's a dark song, but it's another one that's very happy sounding. Mm. Um, Some of the lyrics, mum and dad are sick. The cancer got them both. My sister's slipping in and out. It's hard to keep her close. So your parents both had cancer? They're both all right now, though? Yeah, I mean, it's not really my place to say they kind of like got all... They've been a bit upset about how I've, I've been open about it in the past. But, I mean, they... They, uh, um, I think, I think they're going okay at the moment. They, they don't share too much, and, um, but yeah. Well, th- okay, we we don't have to talk about that. But they, do you like a song like that where you mention it? Do they know or do they hear it no, when it comes out? No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really talk to um, them about it because I was scared I was going to get a serving. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, you like this song's really good, and I don't yeah. want to take it off the album. So what yeah, do they? What do they was, say? Are they mad about it when they hear it, or no? They they, haven't, we haven't really talked about it. I, I think they understand that it's just part of my art and part of what I have to do to express myself. And I think they've come a long way with that because you know it's an adjustment for them too. Like I've been clickbaited about my parents and shit before, and. Um, it really fucked me off to a, a deep core level and you know, having to like call them and explain this is not what I was trying to say mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Um, but, you know, I think they're sort of just learning on the job too and it's, um, it's, it's novel for, for everyone, you know. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's certainly not every day that this happens, so we're all kind of just learning on the job. Oh, 100, 100%. It's a surreal situation to be in. And when you suddenly you realise that, oh, okay, everything that you read about is not necessarily true. And Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Um, there's another line in Cloud, I've been getting faded since the day I turned 11. What's faded? Like, wasted? No. Um, What's faded? Faded, uh, well... Faded can have many meanings. For me and my friends, it's like getting high. Like, um, have you? Not so, have you been getting faded since 11? You smoke weed at 11. This is not going to sound bad. <laughs> but 10 didn't, 10 didn't rhyme as well. I, I oh, fir- so, oh my God. 10? I, 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 Where? I first got, With who? So, I, the first, oh, well, so the first time I got drunk was, I, I was in New Year's when I was 10. And, um, yeah. Mitch, that's it's, shocking. It's bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, well, to be honest, like, me and my mates were, we were we were drinking most weekends from when we were 13. It's not like something I'd obviously, fuck, when I have You're kids, I, yeah, I, I'll yeah. definitely be on to that. But, yeah, I, I've been a, I've been a little rascal for a long time. Yeah, I, yes, I've always been a, been a weed smoker, always been a bit of a drinker, but... You know, the drinking now is nowhere near what it used to be. It's just like a, you know, when we're on, we're on sort of thing. But yeah. it's, um, yeah, like a, I think that song is basically, it's kind of just like, a, in a way it's like stuck in denial and saying like, you know, you might think that this life is perfect. It's 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 far from it. Um, 
and you know so it's essentially the song is saying like sometimes i just can't be fucked being alive and dealing with all the stress that that comes with it sometimes i just want to be a cloud and float up there and you know mm. just just fucking relax for a bit um there was it was one that i was actually very very iffy to put on the album because i just felt like fuck like i know it is such a personal song yeah i was like i know i do personal shit but this is like kind of by far the most personal like you know i opened the song by saying mum and dad are sick cancer got them both my sister's slipping in and out it's hard to keep her close you got a girlfriend i don't know if i could call her that she won't call me back and then i talk about my friend who who killed himself and and all of that it's it's a pretty intense song yeah (laughs) if anyone wants to look it look it up um you can pause the podcast and it's called cloud yeah since my homie went to heaven i've been in a great depression looking back at every message how old uh, I, th- I think T was uh, 28 at the time, 28, Man. 29 maybe. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was it was very sad. I've got his initials tattooed on me, and he's always always close to me. But it's um, yeah, you know, it's uh, like I said, you know, it's just been so much uh, behind the scenes, uh, consistent challenges, personal life, career financially um, <laughs> that you know have, have popped up in in the last four years and i feel like you know it's it's got to be my duty to to be honest about it and sing about it put some light on my issues so hopefully you know it's a bit easier for other people to deal with theirs and think that you know they're not just gonna listen to my music and think like i'm some uh detached fucking rich dude who's in you know the rolex store all day laughing at all the peasants listening to his music you yeah know, it's, yeah it's yeah. I think it's, it, I just really wanted to shine a light on on the fact that man, it, it's hard for everyone out here. It is, it is. But th- that song "Cloud" ends with staring at the bright blue skies, which I feel like is a nod to one of your older songs, which yes, is great. It is, yeah, yeah. Uh, staring at the bright blue skies, I got a brand new lease on life. Can finally fall asleep at night. I'll be okay. I'll be fine. So it's kind of like a happy ending. Yeah, I think it's again like it's it's like that Amor Fati thing you know it's the just accepting whatever fate you have and treating it with uh, as a positive experience is i think that's probably the main theme that I, that's been drilled into me by the universe the last four years is like it's like you know when are you gonna pick this up we keep fucking throwing shit at you like <laughs> uh, you either yeah it's I, I think there's a i'm paraphrasing here but there's like a great stoic quote that says you know basically the only thing you can control in any situation is your attitude towards it and that's what i'm just trying to learn it's i'm not preaching like i've mastered it but it's definitely something that keeps popping yeah. up and that i have to keep trying oh yeah there's an amazing book too called um, man's search for meaning by a guy called victor frankel uh yeah. said in the constant one of the concentration camps of the second world war and that's the that's the main sort of thread or message in that one as well yeah it's bloody good yeah for yeah. sure home is lonely I feel like this is, and I could be, again, completely wrong, this is about friends turning on you because they're jealous of your success? Yeah, yeah. Um, man, this is a fucking deep album, isn't it? Yeah, no, no. No, it's, it's good, though. I feel yeah. like um, like a lot of people probably just listen to the songs and not really pay attention to the lyrics, but mm. when you when you deep dive into it, it there's, a, there's a lot going, you're sharing a lot. Yeah. Uh, it fucking kills me to say it. I had to lose you to change me. I feel so lost and I hate it. I had to lose you to change me. Yeah, it's... Well, the story behind this is I had, um, you know, I had like four really close mates growing up, and um, you know, two of them I'm I'm still very close with. Um, 
one of them we're we're very different people and we just hang out every now and then but we're very close and the others like my best mate and um the other two basically you know we we were ride or die and we would you know every day after school we'd, you know get in the car you know buy a 50 smoke some weed chill out and sort of forget the rest of our problems of the world and we're you know little band of brothers and then um basically um when I got to one of the stories I can't tell because I'll probably get arrested <laughs> but but um one of my friends uh the story that I won't get into too much basically uh I had some stuff that I was uh going to pass on to other people which he uh stole um and this other dude which which this song is mo- mostly about is um he was trying to get with my first girlfriend by telling her that I'd been cheating on her and basically was talking a bunch of shit about me while I was away chasing my dreams then I forgave him and then he um he tried to do the same thing to my girlfriend again and basically you know the my two of my best friends who I had grown up with had just completely betrayed me um Mm -hmm. and you know thrown me under the bus and you know insinuating that I'd you know turned into a wanker and changed and and left them when all I needed was sort of, you know, some friends to confide in and, and you know, hear me out for how much my life is changing and, and how hectic it's been. And But instead, you know, the, um, they got jealous and, and went the other way and sort of acted immaturely and out of pocket. Um, and it just, uh, yeah, it, it took me years and years to write the song, write the song about it because um, in my mind it was just like, well, f- fuck them. You know, like, uh, so I didn't really give it much thought, and um, until, yeah, we we wrote this song about, yeah, it would have been about a year ago now, and it just, it just felt, like, cathartic, because, you know, I'd I'd moved on, and I, I was ready to just, you know, leave this in the past, but I knew that so many people would be able to relate to, you know, as you, as you charge on to the next phase of your life, there's gonna be, there's gonna be collateral damage, and there's gonna be people that, have to be left behind and you can't take everyone with you because their evolution is going to go at a different pace and my dream was to you know again like we were watching Wiz Khalifa videos all the way growing up my, my dream was to take the take these boys with me wherever I went and you know roll like Entourage fucking uh, yeah yeah, um, yeah. Chase. yeah yeah exactly yeah. and um you know it wasn't it wasn't meant to be and I've pieced it with with uh with one of the dudes and we're we're friends again but um you know the dude who was trying to get with my girlfriend and stuff and uh telling everyone I I I've fucking changed without getting mm. into too much detail he's on the uh the punch on site list Wow! Oh no, he's not oh, really. Oh, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Like, I, I, I would, I would just, never, just dead, dead to you though. Like, there's nothing there. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that that happens. I feel like there's um, you know everyone's changing all the time and yeah. uh, you, you take some people with you and then some people your life is just going in a different path or different destiny and, and it happens and it's 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 weird I think in your teens or 20s but as you get older you realise it's just um, part of the ebb and flow of life exactly yeah I think I'm as I get on I'm starting to understand yeah. that a bit more is that yeah everyone's just on their different journey and it's um yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm quite happy with mm. with where I'm at with with friends and family at the moment. And I I feel like you know the smaller the circle, almost the better really, yeah. and you can really trust those people. And, and that's been massive for me over the last few years. You know, there's a lot of people that try to be a new friend, and um, I'm not much of a believer in that unless you can really show 
Back it up. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a quote I saw that I really like. It says, um, people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. So, yep. so his family's lifetime. Yeah. And then maybe this guy that um, that's on your punch on sight list, there's a reason for that. Exactly. Maybe, maybe you got a valuable lesson out of it. Well, yeah, I am where I am today because of a lot of that stuff. And, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't rather be anywhere else. And, you know, of course, you'd love to be playing Wembley Stadium, but I'm, I'm a big believer you are exactly where you're meant to be. So... Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of lot of exciting challenges coming up, and I'm I'm excited for it. And but yeah, I mean, in, in terms of this song, I just I just felt like it was something that needed to be said. And you know, I I had to lose you to change me is a very sort of powerful statement that can be applied in a lot of people's lives. You know, again, it's that Amor Fati thing. You know, when mm. when well, you got to approach everything that comes across your plate and view it with positive eyes so yeah it's yeah. A, a, a tough one a very emotional one but yeah glad glad that it's out in the world and I don't have to deal with that shit anymore yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stone Cold Sober this is another one written with Machu Walters from 660 yeah, yeah. and you wrote it real quick like uh, uh, 15, 20 minutes 20 yeah. minutes yeah it was, so Stone, Stone Cold Sober though was um yeah it was, uh, we were in LA and um we were actually writing another song. We uh, we had a little midday doobie break, and we <laughs> we we thought, you know, we'll just switch up the vibes a little bit. And and Machu came back in and just started um, multi strumming these chords, and it just sounded fucking beautiful. And um, he started humming, and he says, five leaf clover." And I was like, "Whoa, bro, hold the fucking phone! Like, what are you doing there, bro?" Um, and so we just, he just kept playing these chords and we just eked it out in 20 minutes and it just felt really right and really special to me at the time. And yeah, as Machu's incredibly talented. He, he really is. He's like, when it comes to raw talent and like when I write songs, I really have to fucking slave for them. But Machu is just, he's gifted, eh? And yeah, we got that done in, in 20 minutes and yeah, it's still probably one of my favourites. Yeah, what's it about? There's a lyric, I feel I feel like in a past life you and I had something golden. I think... I, Another song about a girl. Yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> I, I think, if I'm honest, that, that song was inspired by my uh, the first girl. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Is there nothing we can do with that relationship? <laughs> no, she's long gone. <laughs> I'm all good. I'm 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 a happy man right now, Dom. Right, but so you just sort of use her as? A, do you just like like draw energy from that relationship and use her as like a muse, even though you know there's nothing there, or you yeah. know you can never be with her? I, I think to me, it's like it represents a time in my life where everything changed in terms of my mentality. When that ended, it was the biggest catalyst for change that I've ever had in my life. I was like, fuck, I need to like become a man. Like, I can't, I can't keep drinking three or four times a week and going out and partying and like getting with girls and being a, a fucking shit boyfriend I, I can't do that so every time I think about that moment it's more like the challenge and the inspiration to be the best version of myself because I slipped into the worst version of myself and from that moment I had to turn it around and go fuck like the onus is on you no one's gonna save you no special rules apply to you you're getting fat, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, like a, you, I just had to turn it around. And so I think 
although like there's always love for that person it's more actually just what the situation represents to me and and how well, the, the person that she fell in love with initially yeah and then I and that obviously slipped away yeah. it's not that I'm trying to get back to that person it's just like an inspiration of trying to be like man I, I always need to be pushing every single day to be better and that's again that's why like running is, is so important to me as well to show up every day and just try and get that little bit better than yesterday it's yeah. it sort of just applies in a general sense yeah with her as yeah I guess it still shows through a lot of the music mm. even though it's been years and and in the last song Bullet Holes is that about her as well? <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, I still think about it all the time. You never really left my God, mind. It's miserable at all. At all, it's been years, and I just wish you'd call. Fuck, maybe I just lied to you through through my teeth, Dom. No, yeah, I, I I do remember that day when I wrote that song, though. I um, it was I was I was feeling very lonely. Um, and uh, six sixty were playing, and I was on that tour, but I wasn't on that gig, and I wanted to be on that gig that day. Mm. So I just sat down on the edge of my bed and just just wrote a song, and it, it was probably just yeah, it was another quick one. It was about an hour, and wow, yeah, uh, it's the only song on the album I wrote totally by myself. Which um, I don't know for people listening, you know, you'd actually be surprised to find that it's probably only like point five of the songs that ever get released are written by one person and so as a songwriter I also felt like it was a a duty of mine to like show yeah I can fucking write a good song just by myself and just prove that to myself but you know I started the album with motions and saying like I'm lost I'm going through the motions and I don't know what to do but the last song of Bullet Holes is this like acceptance of saying well now I've got to move on like and I think it summarizes the album perfectly of you know, basically what this album is, is like my last four years that have been a complete mess and me trying to make sense of it. And so at the start, I'm like, fuck, I'm lost. And by the end, I'm saying like, yeah, I'm still lost, but I've found a way through it in my mind where I can I can attack the next thing and leave all of these stories and leave all of these emotions and and all of that in the past. And what the, the next album looks like is, is a complete transition from that just sort of dark period which is all a bit of a mumble in my head to to something a bit more clear and and there's a lot of clarity and you know there's a lot more fun on this on this next album there's a song called day for it which is um you know i'll let you do the mess yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, it's yeah it was just a very cathartic period and i'm i'm glad that it's I'm glad that it's over. I'm glad that you know that's the last record that I would will, will be with um, my old record label with it, and it just feels like now I've I've got a, a clear path and what's well, starting to clear up. It's been been very muddy and very hard and fucking frustrating and challenging. But you know, I think if I could give one message out, I guess is just that's what we were talking about before about the resiliency and the perseverance and just the that dogged fight to to no matter what, just keep the fucking goal in mind and no matter how much shit gets in your way you just have to keep going and and I, I guess that's where I'm at now is yeah just um making sure that this next album and this next chapter is is representative of me fully and and where I'm at and no fucking yeah. no labels trying to dress me up or or make me someone I'm not and it's it's just been a crazy old journey and a crazy old game and I got into it very young. I didn't think I was young, you know, being twenty twenty one, but in reality, you know this from being in the game for, for so long as well. It's it's pretty fucking young. Oh, so. yeah, the, the, yeah, the older you get, you realise the less you know. 
Yeah. And, and the exciting thing about life is that continues as well. Mm. Um, I, I just turned 50 the other week and I still realise I know jack shit. Don't look at day over 51. <laughs> oh, get fucked. <laughs> get fucked. No, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great album though, mate. Patience. Um, it's really good and it's, um, it is very, very honest. So it'll be interesting to see your perspective in you know, 10, 15 years from now, like whether you're like super proud of it as a snapshot of your life as a guy in his mid-twenties, mm. or if you're like embarrassed about it or you cringe. I suspect it'll be a combination of both. Yeah, well, I mean, you're always going to cringe a little bit about shit. It's, mm. you know, it's where you were at at one point in yes. time and you're not there anymore. So there's songs on the first album I'm like, fuck, did I even... Why did I release that? <laughs> but, it, but you know, it's all part of the artist journey, and yeah, it's it's all good. I, I feel like I'm in a. It's taken me up until really about this point, which I'm. When you think about, it, I'm like six, seven years deep in in the game, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, it makes me feel fucking old. Um, mm. But it's yeah, it's it's. I feel I finally feel at that place now where I I just have an understanding of of who I am as a man. Firstly. And like can separate that from an artist, and and I just know that how to do it on my terms, and that I am going to do it on my terms. So it's exciting, but it's um you know it's it's a very challenging game, and it's certainly not all fucking uh, cocaine and hookers for sure. Well, that's the thing. Even if it is all cocaine and hookers, after a while that becomes that becomes boring, doesn't it? Because that certainly a, does. Yeah, it's all about balance. I, I say certainly does. Like I've, I've got sick of cocaine and hookers. <laughs> You just can't afford either at the yeah, moment. I can't all. afford either. All Trust right. me, I cannot. Um, well, Mitch, Mitch James, I bloody love you, and I love, I love your too, work, brother. and um, I'm really, really proud of what you've done, and it's been great to sit down with you, and uh, you're going on tour soon, so um, yes. we're going to get to hear these songs live, which is a real treat. Yeah, you know, I'm excited. It's always amazing to get back out and play live, and played a, a headline show of my own in three, fuck, four years coming up now, mm. so... Um, thank you, COVID. But it's um, yeah, I'm really excited. To just feel that energy again, and and get out with with the people who have um, you know are the reason why I, I get to sit here and talk to you and, instead of you know working in a, a normal job. So I'm I'm extremely grateful and just yeah, can't wait to feel that connection again and and just give my all on stage and yeah, lots of new music coming out, which is which is you know again very honest, but in a more sort of I guess uh, I guess you'd call it happier and and more open way, but yeah, it's I think the the artist job is to always be as open and as vulnerable as possible, even if that means it's a little bit ugly. So I think I've got my cry album out of the way, and um, <laughs> next time we got the day for it party album. Yeah, nice, so. nice. Well, as someone who. Um Feels like they're quite similar to you personality wise, but mm. with a few more miles, a lot more miles on the clock. Just be kind to yourself, okay? Thank you, brother. And likewise, yeah. Yeah. likewise. You're you're a good dude. You've got a good heart. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I don't want you. I don't want to feel like you're beating yourself up about things that you've done. No, yeah, absolutely. It, it's 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 a fun job because you get to reflect, you know, um, and you get to see all of the amazing things that you've worked for out in front of you. So uh, I'm very excited about the future and. Not too much dwelling on the past, so we're we're all good. <laughs> you leave that poor ex alone. <laughs> yeah, it's, everyone like listening and like now get that you hear the music thinks I'm like fucking on my fake Instagram accounts like adding her and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. All right, Mitch James, love you, week mate. Love you, mate. Mitch James on Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Thank you very much for making it all the way through. Quick favor to ask: if you don't do so already, it would be awesome if you could hit the follow. 
or subscribe button for this podcast on the app where you listen to your podcast. Something like um, 20% of listeners subscribe and the other 80% just go and listen. Subscribing helps me immensely and it means you'll never miss an episode or an update of this podcast. Huge thanks to the team at Radix Nutrition for sponsoring this episode. I'm proud to be spreading the message of these guys because Radix Nutrition truly are a Kiwi success story and they're just going from strength to strength. Please check them out online and if you like what you see, support the legends that support the podcast. Their website, radixnutrition.co.nz. That's radix, R-A-D-I-X, nutrition.co.nz. All right, thanks so much once again and I hope to see you next week on Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.